the third service because you can do some stuff in the third service you didn't do in the first two and kind of get away with it because nobody's really, I mean, like, we're not on a time schedule. I'm going to try to get y'all out of here by 1230, but it might be two. No, you can do some stuff. So I, I, are the keys on? Y'all have the keys on back there? Y'all have the keys? Do I have them? Now, if somebody did this to me, I would, I would probably be really, really angry. But Heidi is my niece. <laughs> A lot of people think we're brother and sister, but, but she's my niece. She's on staff. She's the full-time director of volunteers. She's four years younger than me because um, my sister was 16 when I was born. We have one of those families. And Tuesday is her birthday. And so she's going to be out of town. She's leaving to go on vacation. But I thought, you know, what the heck? If she's going to be mad at me, she's leaving right after church. So by the time she gets back next week, she'll be over it. So I thought that we should sing happy birthday to Heidi. But, but Heidi should stand up so you should see. So Heidi, if you don't mind standing, do you? Now, she's playing fine, but internally, she's telling me that she's going to kill me. In fact, she said it out loud. So let's do this together. Let's all sing happy birthday to Heidi. Can we go? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Heidi. Happy birthday to you. Y'all give it up. <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. Uh, I love you. Happy birthday. Yeah, and by the way, we're family. We're family. I said, I love you. She said, I love you back. But that's my niece, and I am her uncle. We are family. Don't need any rumors. Period. Telling a girl on the second row that he loves her. I love all y'all. All right, there we go. I love everybody. Big hug. Hey, a couple weeks ago, I went out to the mailbox, and something really unusual happened to me at my mailbox. I got a letter. Not a bill, not... Um, like something advertised, like it was a letter, like it was a handwritten letter, like somebody sat down and wrote me a letter, like with, with, and it was good, it was good, there was nothing bad in the letter, it was all good. And it caused me to think about when I was a kid, some of you remember this, remember when you got letters in the mail, like real letters, like somebody actually sat down and wrote you a letter? By the way, not in cursive, like for those of you that write in cursive, knock that stuff off, nobody does that. Any anyway, so, so it was a letter, and I started thinking, when I was a kid in high school, remember, you would get like a letter or two a week, maybe, like a real letter. You sit down, write them back. It's awesome. I got to college, and one of the things that we loved in college, we called it real mail. You'd go by the campus post office, you'd get, you'd check your mailbox, and there'd be like a, a card in there. Somebody actually took the time and wrote something on it, thoughtful, that was awesome. And, and so we got a letter or a card, maybe, maybe two or three a week in college. But the communication, the input coming into our brains wasn't a lot. And very, very, very rarely did you ever get anything negative. And if, if you did, it, they always had to sign it. It wasn't like anonymous. And then in 1996, 
I was introduced to this concept called electronic mail. Some of you have never lived life without it, but I remember the very, I mean, I remember email was a big deal. And thinking, by, by the way, how many of you remember your first email? Your first, very first, how many of you remember your AOL chat name? Anybody? Yeah, you probably can't say it in here. Um, well, screw it. This is a second chance. You can say it in here. But, but like, we had AOL chat. But anyway, by the email, I remember getting an email, and it was the most exciting thing in the world. When, you, when your computer spoke to you and said, you got mail. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I got mail. Because somebody would email you, and you get, like, two or three of those a day. And then it was awesome. It started increasing until you had that friend. Anybody have that friend? Which would, they would forward you like 10 things a day, and it was like how the world was going to end. And at the very end, it says, if you love Jesus, forward this to 10 people. And it's like, oh, my God. How many of y'all had that friend? How many of y'all had that friend? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, you were that friend. That's why nobody ever answered your emails. And then, and then after email, you know, they started increasing. Then text messages happened. We talked about this a few weeks ago, my very first text message. And some of you probably remember your first text message. And now, I would prefer to text than talk. That's just me. I'm an introvert by nature, and so I prefer to text than talk. And then there was this thing called social media that came about. Like, who saw that coming, right? I remember a guy came up to me, man, and said, hey, hey. <laughs> The guy I worked with, he said, hey, man, have you seen my Twitter? <laughs> no, freak, I hadn't seen your Twitter. Like, what are you talking about right now? And he told me about Twitter. It's this thing where you could just, like, throw opinions out there. And so stop and consider, like, several years ago, the amount of information that we were receiving was, was small. Like, if you wanted to know what the news was in the world, you had two options, or you had three options twice a day. ABC, NBC, CBS. You watch the 6 o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news. And by the way, nothing really ever happened between 6 and 11 o'clock. It was just the same thing in a shorter form at 11 o'clock. Today, there are approximately 4.2 million 24-hour news networks. It's like they're telling us news all the time. It's, it's amazing. And so the amount of information that we have coming into our brains today compared to what we had 30 years ago, we can't even process that much information. Now, when I talk about fake news, there's a lot of fake news in the world today, but I'm not talking about the fake news that people talk about in politics. The What I want to talk about in this series is the fake news that you believe about yourself. Fake news that's coming from other sources. We have a spiritual enemy in this world. His name is the devil. I do believe he really does exist, and I do believe he is at war with us, and I do believe he wants us to be caught up in this process called negative self-talk and negative thinking because if we can begin, if he can get us thinking negative about ourselves, then we will never step into the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised us. I really do believe that because of email and, and, and text and social media, we've given way too many people access to our emotional stability. And we've bought in to their fake news rather than the good news that we see over and over and over again in the scriptures. So what I want us to do today is to take a step forward 
and learning how to turn our attention toward the good news rather than the fake news. And I want to do it by asking a question. I want to ask a question, then we're going to go into a story in the Bible, Mark chapter 4, if you brought a Bible and you want to follow along, um, or Mark chapter 5, sorry. But I want to ask a question. Now, this question is not intended to produce any guilt. This question is not intended to make anybody hold their head down. This question is intended to help us take fall, steps forward in our relationship with Jesus. And here it is. Here we go. What do I do daily to intentionally put my focus on Jesus? That's a question for everybody in the room. What do I do daily? Not weekly because I, I'm glad you're here, but like once a week isn't going to do it if we're going to believe the good news over fake news. And, and by the way, this is like, I'm not going to give you a list of 17 things you have to do or you should do because one of the things I've learned in 30 years following Jesus is following Jesus is not really a science, it's an art. There's different approaches and what works for you might not work for me. Like for example, what do I do daily to intentionally, by the way, you got to be intentional about it because nobody, inten nobody ever grew close to Jesus by accident. Nobody accidentally follows Jesus. Man, I just woke up one morning and I was in love with Jesus. I have no idea how it happened. That doesn't happen by accident. It happens because we're intentional about it. So for me, I'm a Bible guy. I love to get up every morning, cup of coffee, read my Bible. That's it. That, I, I love that. But that might not be you. That might, you might, that's how I best connect with Jesus is through the scriptures. Maybe you're, um, I've got a real good friend. They love to get up and put on worship music. And they just get wrapped up in worship music and they love that and that for, you know what that works I tried that I did I tried I was like I'm gonna get that a try and I was like ah it's okay but man I love my Bible I got another friend that loves to do prayer walks you heard a prayer walk you just go outside and pray and walk that's it so prayer walk so it's real simple and I they were like you should try that one morning I did and I'm ADD so it didn't work for me because I was walking I was like dear God squirrel and I like that that's that's how my attention works Y'all think I'm joking. That's how I operate 24-7. That's how I am. So, so at the end of the day, I'm asking, what do you do? It, I'm not asking you to commit for an hour. I'm not asking you to commit for 30 minutes. I'm just saying there's got to be something. I always recommend it. It's at the beginning of your day where you take a little, at least five minutes and intentionally connect with Jesus. So because this world's going to try to pull us away. From what Jesus has for us. And if we're not careful, the world will make a really great case as to why we should give up. I'm going to prove it to you. Let's read a story out of Mark chapter 5. I love this. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Jesus got into the boat. I'm on a boat and... Uh, anyway, that, he probably didn't do that. Jesus <laughs> Y'all are laughing at that. Well, Y'all... Y'all should be watching that stuff. I can't even believe y'all know what that is. Some of y'all don't know what that is. It's probably good. <laughs> Jesus got into the boat again. And, went, and he just healed the demon-possessed guy. The guy that was possessed, about screeching around in the graveyard, running around naked, all that stuff. He just, that's what he'd just done. Um, and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him at the shore. So everywhere he goes, he like gets off the boat. <laughs> that large crowd, paparazzi, everything all around Jesus, right? Then a leader of the local synagogue 
whose name was Jairus. Now, let me pause real quick because every time I've ever told on this story, somebody has got, usually somebody online, gets mad about the way that I say Jairus. They're like, it's Jairus. And there's all these different preferences. So you know what? Here's my attitude. I'm the preacher. I have the microphone. I will call him Jairus. And if you don't like it, Karen. <laughs> anyway, so, Jairus, there we go. Jairus. <laughs> Arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can, so she can live. So he asked her to do what on three? One, two, three. Heal her. He, went, he said, I want you to heal her. Heal her. Okay. Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. Now, this is, this is a strange scene, just to just kind of set it up. Because we read through this, but there's, some, there's so much going on in this text. I want to just take just a second to unpack it. Having a kid is the scariest thing on the planet. When you, the, remember the day you brought him home from the hospital? It doesn't make sense, does it? Because you can go over here to Best Buy. And buy a brand new television, and they give you an instruction manual that thick on how to do everything with that television. You bring a living human being into the world, and at the hospital, they're like, good luck, and you got to go home and figure that out. Right? It's, it's scary. But you get attached to your kids. And, and I'm, I'm looking at this, and, and th th but there's no instructions on how to raise them. Now, every once in a while, you meet somebody so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good, and they're like, oh, the Bible is the instruction on how to raise kids. No, it ain't. No, it ain't, because if your kid's freaking out at Walmart, you ain't got a verse. You do not have a verse. You're opening up the Bible. Judas hanged himself. That's what I'm going to go do right now, because this is driving me crazy. But we're smart enough as parents to know when our kids are sick, and by the way, it's the saddest thing in the world to see your kids sick. But when your kids are sick, we know, I, I should at least probably pray about it, right? Well, Jarius is a little different. J Jarius, what he did was he threw some elbows because, remember, there's a crowd around Jesus. So he's throwing elbows to get to Jesus, which is crazy because think about something for a second. He was a local synagogue ruler. The religious people in Jesus' day did not like him. They did not buy into who he was. They did not believe him. They did not care for him at all. But when Jairus got desperate, he put his reputation aside and said, my daughter is dying. Screw it. If that guy can help her, I, he, he, don't, don't miss this, he didn't have the best connection with Jesus. In fact, he wasn't connected to him at all. But he had enough faith to get in front of him and ask him for a miracle. Which blows the idea out of the water that the more, the more holy you are, the more God will say yes to your prayer request. By the way, the title of next week's message <laughs> is called Moral privilege, you're not going to want to miss it, I promise.
And unless you're somebody that believes you have moral privilege, you're going to hate next week. But that's fine. That's fine. You can come out here next week. We'll, I'll play the guitar for you. Now, here's Jairus. He throws some elbows, and he gets in front of Jesus, and he doesn't really buy into who Jesus is, but he falls on his knees, and he pleads. He said, my little daughter is sick. I want you to heal her. Notice he was very specific. And it's not that she's sick. It's she's dying. There's a difference between sick and then dying. His little daughter is dying. There's some urgency in his voice. And it's, it goes well because Jesus went with him. And all the people thought. So if you're Jairus at this point, or Jairus or whatever, I, I keep, I'm going to say it both ways. You know why? Because I can. If you're Jairus at this point, are you encouraged that you ask Jesus and he's walking with you toward your daughter? Yes or no? Yes. I'm greatly encouraged. I go to Jesus. I ask him for something. He's starting to walk with me. We're making progress. We're here. we got to get over there. And when we get over there, I'm going to see a miracle. And even though it's a process to walk from here to there, we're gonna, I'm dedicated to the process. Let's go. And we've been in that place before where we feel like Jesus started something in us and we're making progress. But then, but then something happened. And I've never looked at it through this lens. But I want to show you this story through this lens because it gets real interesting. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Now, I need to explain this, and it's constant bleeding, because I've had people ask me, what was constant bleeding? <laughs> I don't get nervous about a lot of things. I don't like talking about this. Is it hot? Is it hot in here? Y'all feel it's getting hot in here? Like, I'm, it's, so there's this thing that women deal with that men don't. Praise God. <laughs> About once a month. Are, are we tracking? Do we know what this is? And it's, and I don't understand. I don't, I don't want to understand. I don't want to know. I just know it's a thing. I've heard rumors, and, and it's, this is what I know. It's bad. Ladies, is it bad? Okay, yeah. I've never heard a woman going, no, it's awesome. Like, okay. So, so, so to the best of my understanding, it, <laughs> Y'all think I'm making this up. This is, I'm, uh, it starts and it stops. It starts and it stops. It starts and it stops. Some of your husbands plan vacations around, like, right, because it's bad for you too. But for her, it didn't stop. 12 years. 12 years. You, you think at some point in 12 years you might lose hope? Uh, yeah. So, so this was an issue, and the reason it was, it wasn't just a physical issue, it was a spiritual issue, because she couldn't go to the temple. She couldn't appear before the high priest. She couldn't be prayed for. Her sins couldn't be forgiven. She was considered to be unclean, unclean. Oh, and everybody knew about her condition. Everybody knew about her condition. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent Everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. You ever felt like that? 
You're like, you try, okay, I'm going to try this because I said I'll get better. And you got worse. I'm going to try this. You know, some people try so hard. To, and, and, and some people get so desperate that we'll try anything to make it better. But there's some of us in this room, we know exactly what it's talking about. We're trying to get better. We're trying to do better. But instead of getting better, it gets worse. We know how that feels. But then something interesting happens. Watch this. She had heard about Jesus. Whoa, 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 whoa. She heard about him. She didn't even know him. It wasn't like she rolled into a party where Jesus was and was like, yo, JC, what's up? JC, Jesus, Jesus Christ, get it? See what I did with the JC? Anyway, yo, JC. It wasn't like she was on a first name basis with him. She had heard about him. See, we've been taught, we've been taught, if you're in church world, the more connected you are with Jesus, the more likely he is to say yes. In other words, dot your I's and cross your T's. And if you do everything right, then he's not God. He's a genie. And you rub the lamp and you get three wishes. Oh, I got quiet. Like, is that what you've been taught? Because yeah, it's so jacked up. Because she just heard about him. She didn't even know him. So you, so you got two figures. Jairus that didn't like him, and the woman that didn't know him. It's crazy. She heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him. This is a little weird. This is a little stalkerish, a little stalkerish. She came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. How weird would that be if, like, you left here today and you went out to Target and you're walking through and somebody came up and just went, what? <laughs> what, what, what? Oh, it just, there was something on your shoulder. I just wanted to touch something on your shoulder. Be weird, wouldn't it? It'd be weird. You got your camera and start filming stuff. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Have you ever been making progress? And someone or something got in your way? Happened to me this week. I rolled up into Publix, had my mask on, obeying the little arrows. I'm trying to be compliant. Go up to the checkout thing. And listen, if something weird's going to happen to me, it's going to happen at the checkout line at Publix. But I thought this past week, I was like, there's no way. So I pull up at Publix. I've got my little buggy. And I mentally mark where I should be and the two lines next to me. I don't know. Do you do this? Do you mentally mark? Yeah. It just means you're sick. Um, so so I'm, I'm not fussing at you. I'm one of you. And I got behind this one lady, and she she. She buzzed all her groceries, and I knew I was in, in, in trouble when she said this. Literally, she said, I get the senior adult discount. Now, I love senior adults, love senior adults, but I worked in the restaurant industry for years, and they, they listen, you better freaking take that 10 cents off their cup of coffee, or they're going to they have your head. And the woman behind the counter said, oh, I already got that. Well, so then this woman got offended because she called her a senior adult, and I'm sitting there going, oh, this is going to be good. But then she, she brought out her wicker purse which that should have been an indication right there. And opened up her checkbook. 
I got any problems, we're writing a check. She wrote out the check, but she was talking the whole time. She would write a little bit and go, you know what, I just love shopping. I'm like, oh, okay, this is not. But, 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 but then when it hit the fan was when she flipped back over in her check registry and entered all the information, took out her calculator, and balanced her checkbook right in front of me. <laughs> Ask yourself. Was I a happy camper, yes or no? No, I was like, lady, for the love of God, you are holding up progress. I did this in my mind, not out loud, because I would be in jail. But that's what's going on in my mind. I I'm making progress. I got my yogurt and my granola. I'm going to go home. I'm going to be happy. And this lady with the wicker purse and the checkbook is holding up everything. That's the way some of us feel in life. We're making progress with Jesus. Jairus is making progress with Jesus. But then this woman comes up and grabs his clothes. Which, by the way, what is that? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Based on a passage of Scripture in Leviticus combined with a passage of Scripture in Malachi, Jewish legend had it that the Messiah, when he actually showed up, would have healing in his clothes. So when the woman grabbed the robe of Jesus, it was more than, I just want to touch the shirt of a rock star. When she grabbed his robe, she was actually saying, I believe you are the Messiah. And her belief that Jesus was the Messiah gave her the healing that the world had tried to provide for her for 12 years and never could quite get it right. She believed in Jesus, didn't even know him, but just said, I believe he's the Messiah. And as soon as she touched his robe, she was healed. The Bible said immediately the bleeding stopped. And she knew she was healed. So Jesus is walking along the way. And it says he, he knew that healing power went out from him, which I didn't understand that. But that's kind of Jesus. And he just stopped. And he said, who touched? Who touched my robe? Now, here's a question. Not a trick question. Serious question. Did a miracle happen? Yes or no? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. In fact, was the woman happy? Yes or no? Yes. Were the disciples happy they got to see a miracle? Yes or no? Yes. Was the crowd happy they got to see a miracle? Yes or no? Yes. What about Jairus? What if you're Jairus in this story? Has anybody ever looked at it through his point of view? Because you're making progress with Jesus and you're moving along and all of a sudden, Jesus is going to stop and ask, who touched my robe? Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus. Did somebody touch your clothes? I'm sorry. You've got to be like that. But my daughter, she's, she's over there. She's like a couple blocks away. All we got to do is get from here to there. And remember that thing? I asked you if you touch your healer. You said you would. And we're on the way. So just right over there. And Jesus is going, who touched my robe? And I can imagine Jairus is kind of like, let's, let's, let's move. Let's move. Come on. I don't know. Nobody knows. And in fact, his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched? Like, Jesus, have you lost your mind? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. So imagine, Jairus, Jesus, that's the goal. You're walking toward the goal, and all of a sudden Jesus stops. Who touched my robe? His disciples didn't even understand. Sometimes the closest people to Jesus don't even understand what he's doing. 
That's why the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Jesus is trying to figure out, hey, somebody just made a statement. And the disciples are confused. And Jairus is confused. And just, just a quick question, is he frustrated, yes or no? Absolutely. You been frustrated with God lately? You ever been frustrated? See, now if you're a church person, you can't answer that. No, I just always accept what happens to me as a blessing from the Lord. No, you don't. I mean, I mean, your church face, yes. But like in private, your fr- Jairus is frustrated with Jesus. And it gets, it gets even crazier. Watch this. Then the frightened woman. Wait a minute. I thought she just got healed. Yeah, yeah. But she was frightened. Wait a minute. She was frightened and she got healed? Yeah. How's that happen? Hold on. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Now, if you're like me, when I read this for the first time, I just skipped over it. But then, after I read it a few more times, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Why is she frightened? Because there's some things that frighten me, and there's some things I'm sure that frighten you. But why is she frightened that she just touched Jesus and got healed? Isn't that a li- is that a little bit weird? It is until we understand Jewish culture. Because of her condition, like I said earlier, she was considered to be unclean. Jesus was clean. He was actually orthodox clean. What was unclean was not allowed to t- touch what is clean. So technically, because of religious rules, she could have been killed for touching Jesus and experiencing the miracle. you got to watch religion because religion will kill you while Jesus will heal you. Oh, my God. I didn't even say that in the first two minutes. I need to call everybody. everybody. Religion will kill you when Jesus will heal you. And the re- somebody please write that down because I need to like tweet that out or Instagram that out or put that on a carrier pigeon or whatever we got because it's true. Religion wa- wanted to kill her when Jesus wanted to heal her. Hey, listen, let me promise you something. If you ever got pushed away from church, you didn't get pushed away because of Jesus. You got pushed away because of religion. She was, she was scared she was going to die for experiencing a miracle. See, there's some people in this room that you got healed, but you didn't get healed the way they thought you should get healed, and they can't handle your healing, so they're still throwing stones, and you just got to keep walking the way Jesus wants you to walk. Oh, my God, I am preaching right now. My ADD medicine is worn off. Some of y'all are like, we're coming to 10 o'clock next week. This is too much. He played the piano, and I don't even know what's happening. And he said to her, daughter. Now, stop right there. How awesome is that? The first word he speaks out of his mouth doesn't communicate condemnation. It communicates connection. We're we're a part of the same family. My God, that's so good. I'm not talking about my preaching. I'm talking about the scriptures. What he said to her. See, if, if we'll listen to what God wants to say to us, he's not trying to beat us down. He's trying to lift us up. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. What 
What kind of celebration was taking place in her life? She didn't even know him, but just reached out and touched him. And all this is happening, and there's a big celebration, and everybody's happy, except Jairus. Because he's like, hey, listen, this whole thing started, I'm going to remind you, Mr. Son of God, we're on the way to save my daughter. If we could, if we could just go, but then, but then, but then, while he was still speaking to her, messengers, notice this, messengers, not just, not just one, multiple. I'm saying fake news has multiple sources we allow for it to speak into our lives. Messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter's dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. You see that swipe at Jesus? A little shade thrown at Jesus? Oh, he's a, he's a great teacher, but he can't do the things that he said he could do. We've heard he could do some stuff. Yeah, but if he could do some stuff, he would have shown up and done some stuff. So he's, he's, a, like, he's a great guy. He's taught some ethical principles. We're just leave him alone. The reason I say that is because there's somebody here today, maybe you're in the room, maybe you're watching online, and this is the point where you are, where at some point you were making progress for Jesus, the progress stopped, you don't know why you're stuck, and everybody is telling you, why don't you just give up? Why don't you just give up? Why, why don't you, this is crazy for you to continue to have faith when everything else is working against you. Which is why I come back to the question for every single one of us to focus in on. What do I do daily to intentionally put my focus on Jesus? What do I do to put my focus on the good news rather than the fake news? Because right now, we got Jesus and Jairus, and I believe they're locking eyes. And Jairus in his mind is thinking, how could you let this happen? And Mark tells us, but Jesus overheard them. Another translation says Jesus ignored them. I like that better. Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Six words. Six words. By the way, when I was preparing this message, I felt like that was God's message for somebody today. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. This is crazy. This is crazy. Now, for us, it's not crazy because many of us have read the story. Jairus hadn't read the story yet. In fact, he didn't even know what that meant. And let me tell you why. Up until this point in Mark's gospel, don't miss this, don't miss this. Up until this point in Mark's gospel, Jesus had healed people. He had never brought anybody back from the dead. So what Jesus had in mind was way better than what Jairus had in mind. And so what Jairus thought was an interruption was actually a divine intervention. So at the end of the journey, Jairus would have more faith, not less. You see what's happening in this story? 
Jesus just looks at him and just says, hey, I've heard all the fake news. I know they're telling you your daughter's dead. what he's saying to somebody today aren't you glad aren't you glad that he didn't say yes to everything you asked for i mean it's frustrating because jairus asked for his daughter to be healed and somebody else got healed isn't that frustrating when you're asking for something and you see somebody else get blessed god please help me get a new job and your friend gets a new job. God, help me get a new car. Your friend gets a new car. God, help me to have a breakthrough. Your friend has a breakthrough. You're still stuck. But Jer- Jairus is frustrated and he's looking at Jesus. And Jesus is like, don't be afraid. Just have faith. And watch this. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let them go, wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Now, I love it. He stopped the crowd. He's like, y'all aren't going to believe what's about to happen. Y'all g- gave all this fake news. So y'all just stay here. This is why I love when people ask me today, as a pastor, I've been asked this for 30 years, Perry, why does it seem that God was so active in the scriptures and did so many miracles then, but he doesn't do miracles today? And I believe that's a partially good question. He doesn't do as many miracles today. I believe he actually does more. I believe God is doing miracles all over the world every single day. I believe that the reason we don't see them is because just like the crowd, we believe the fake news that even though Jesus did it back then, he can't do it today. But Jesus said, I'm looking for somebody who has faith that I can still heal, that I can still do things, that I can still perform miracles. You let me find that person, and that person will not doubt that the power of God is as powerful today as it ever has been. So Jesus told the people that weren't going to believe, y'all just stay right here. I got a miracle working, and I'm going to take the people with me that have the faith to believe. And oh, yeah, by the way, Jairus, you can come too. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? child isn't dead. She's only asleep. Now, if you're there and you know what you know and Jesus shows up and says this, are you a little bit offended at Jesus? Yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah. The crowd laughed at him. Now, let me ask you this question. As the crowd laughed at Jesus, how do you think Jairus felt? Stupid. Because Even the laughter of the crowd was fake news. So what do you do if you're Jairus? Do you believe the fake news or do you believe the good news? And you don't even know what the good news is. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe in what? (laughs) But he made them leave and he took the little girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the little girl was lying, holding her hand. Now, I could preach a whole message just on that that phrase. And here's why. That right there is an unbelievable miracle. Because the little girl was, she, she wasn't sick anymore. She was what? Dead. Now, according to Old Testament law, you weren't allowed to touch something that was dead. Because if you touched something that was dead, you became unclean. 
But, my God, Jesus values relationship over rules. And because Jesus values relationship over rules, he took the hand of who was dead and who was dead came to life. The reason I get excited about it is because that's my story. I wasn't a bad person that needed to become a good person. I was a dead person that needed to become alive. And the only reason I was able to come to life is because Jesus took my hand when I was dead and he brought me to life. That's my story. That's the gospel. That's what happens when we receive Christ. That's not even the good part. Y'all sit down. We hadn't got to the good part yet. We hadn't got to the good part yet. My God, I'm about to come out of my skin. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talith Kion, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. If you're here today, you feel like you broke some rules. Jesus values the relationship more than the rules you broke. He's calling you home today. And Jairus, Jairus, let me ask you this question. How do you think he felt when he saw his dead daughter come by? I could tell, I could tell you how I would feel. I could tell you how I would feel. Man, I would, I would freaking be running around the room screaming to the top of my lungs and celebrating like crazy. And I wouldn't be mad at Jesus because he didn't give me what I asked for. I would be thankful because he gave me more than I asked for. But don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. If Jairus would have listened to the fake news instead of the good news, he would have buried his blessing. If Jairus would have listened to the fake news Rather than Jesus, he would have walked away and buried the daughter that Jesus wanted to bring back to life. The reason we need to pay attention to the good news instead of the fake news is because if we pay attention to the fake news, we'll bury the blessing. So somebody here today needs to hear, don't bury your blessing. Keep believing. Maybe, maybe you were making progress and the wall got stopped. And when it got stopped, you got frustrated because other people around you were getting blessed and you feel like you missed the train. But Jesus said, I didn't give you what you asked for because I have more in mind. Jesus always has more in mind. His thoughts are higher. His ways are greater. He's always got more in mind. And the reason I get so excited about this is because this is my story, y'all. I thought I was done. I thought I was over. I had people telling me, you should never be in ministry again. You should never preach again. You should never pick up a Bible again. And I was believing that stuff. I was discouraged and I was down. But there was one morning I happened to get up and I happened to be reading in my Bible because I was trying my best to stay connected to Jesus even through the discouragement. And I got to the book of Isaiah chapter 49. And when I got to verse 6, it sealed the deal for me because God said in Isaiah 49 verse 6, this is in my Bible, you will do more. God said, I'm not done with you yet. You've got more to do. And if God is saying that to me, he's saying it to you today too. 
you will do more. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to quit. This is the time to hold on because he wants to bless you and let his face shine upon you.